Hello, and welcome to the Crossroads Podcast, the show where Mark Meckler and Rita Peters discuss hot-button issues from a biblical perspective, helping to equip other Christians to bring light to a darkened culture. Rita is the Senior Vice President of Legislative Affairs, and Mark serves as the CEO and co-founder for Convention of States Action. Find out more by visiting conventionofstates.com slash pod. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Crossroads, where faith and culture meet. I'm your host, Rita Peters, and I'll be doing this program solo as my trusty co-host, Mark Meckler, is busy with some other things at the moment. But once again, I have a great guest with me for today's program. Now, our past few programs have been about the importance of parental rights and that whole issue, which is really big in our culture and our society today. And today's program fits in really well with that theme. Today, we'll be talking about school boards, what they do, why they matter, and how you should be involved with them. My guest today is Larry Chico. Larry retired not too long ago from a 30-year-long career teaching in the public school system here in Virginia, and he is currently running for the Rockingham County School Board. It is the Rockingham County School Board you're running for, right, Larry? That's correct. District (laughs) 2. Okay. So, Larry, thanks for being my guest today, and welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Rita. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Thank you. Now, I know Larry fairly well because he also serves as an elder for my church, Covenant Presbyterian Church, which is a PCA church in Harrisonburg, Virginia. So, Larry, I want to start right off with this. You know, our program is Crossroads, where faith and culture meet. How has your Christian faith informed your decision to run for your local school board? That's a great question. Uh, Yes, uh, there are a number of things that happened that sort of came together for me uh, that brought me to the place where I wanted to, where I decided to run for school board. Uh, Those those uh, events were, first of all, I was doing some reading uh, by uh, Carl Truman, two books that he had put out. I just on my own, I was doing some reading. And uh, then another one by Rod Dreher. And those three books all had to deal with how, how has our culture gotten where where it is right now? And, um, you know, what, 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 was, what was the history of that brought us to this point and how did it happen so quickly? Um, and those things, those books caused me to do a lot of thinking. And then there was a Sunday school offered at our church that um, our pastor taught um, one of those three books that I was reading. One, one of them was by Carl Truman. And as he taught that class, I was just stirred up more and more uh, by what was happening uh, in our culture, in the school system. And of course, because I had been in the school system, I had a concern for uh, children and also uh, for teachers. And so um, after sitting in on that class, that caused me to be thinking even more, what can I do? What can be done about this? And I I really didn't have any necessarily any ideas at that point. But a congregant came and approached me one day um, and asked me if I would consider running for school board. 
And so that caused me at first, I, I didn't think I was the right person for that. But then I, I thought about it and thought, well, I at least need to pray about this and take some time to research it and find out what's involved um, and find out if I feel like I can um, really contribute. Uh, so that uh, process led me for about three weeks of kind of investigating and researching uh, to finally putting um, my hat in the ring, so to speak. Um, and the other factor that was really critical for me was I have uh, a bunch of grandchildren, 13 and, and two more on the way. And some of the a lot of those grandchildren go to uh, private schools, but some of them attend Rockingham County Public Schools. And so I was very uh, concerned about my my own grandkids. It became more personal at that point. Um, and I also have two uh, daughters-in-law who were, uh, well, they were teachers in Rockingham County. One of them has returned to that position. The other one is no longer teaching in Rockingham County. She's a stay-at-home mom. But th the combination of those things really brought me to the place where I wanted to, um, yeah, just make an attempt at trying to run for school board and see what, what the Lord would do. You know, I think it's really interesting to hear you say that when someone first approached you about running, your initial reaction was, I'm not the right person for that. And I I just think it's so interesting because it seems to me that often the person God chooses to do a job will at first say and believe, well, I'm not, I'm not the right person, God, you know, Moses mm -hmm. comes to mind, right? Didn't he say that? And <laughs> Larry, 30 years is a long time. And that's how long you've spent in the public school system. I assume, and I think you even mentioned a minute ago that you've observed some significant changes, maybe in philosophy, curriculum, and just practices over the course of those three decades. So if I'm right about that, tell me about some of the ways public education has changed. Uh, yes, uh, it has definitely changed tremendously since, since the time I started. <clears throat> um, when I first began teaching, uh, the, there was a general sense from the students that they understood that they were there to learn um, and teachers were there to teach, and the administration was there to support teachers in that role, and parents were involved in the process. And, and that's not to say that at that time that there weren't issues with students and there weren't issues in the classroom. There, was plen there were plenty of those kinds of things, but not, not to the degree that um, we have now and not to the degree that we had when I retired in 2015. So fast forward to 2015, and I'll give you just a picture of some things, uh, some of the changes. Um, it, it, it was obvious oftentimes that students didn't want to do any learning. A lot of times they refused to do anything. They not, not, of course, not all students, but there were students in my classroom who would put their heads on their desks regularly. They would, we would pass out an assignment or a test and they would uh, just not, not even attempt to complete it. Uh, they wouldn't even attempt turn in, they'd leave it on their desk. Um, there were times when I would confront students and they would say, Mr. Chico, F you. And so these kinds of wow. things, th there are just a number of, of ways that, that, that education changed and classroom management became more and more difficult. Um, uh, and, and we weren't getting the kind of support we needed from uh, the administration often because the administration, it, it was a lot for them as well. 
Um, but uh, you know, th there were there were tremendous differences in classroom management, and that became extremely stressful to the point that, uh, for me personally, I actually retired about two or three years prior to when I in had intended to originally. And most of that was because it was just the job just became too stressful, mm. and I was physical manifestations of that. Um, so I decided I I'm going to get out of teaching. Uh, it it's not for me right now the way things are going. So yes, it changed tremendously. Mm. It, that's that's so interesting. And I heard you say a few minutes ago that one of the, re of course, a big part of your reason for running for school board is your concern for the students, for the kids. But right. you also did mention a concern for the teachers. And I think that's fascinating. I have to admit, I I haven't thought a lot about that, but it is a tough environment right now to be a teacher in the public school system. So tell us a little bit more about your concern for teachers and how these changes affect them and, you know, maybe what you think could be done about it. Yeah. Uh, well, when I retired in 2015, the, like I, I mentioned before, it was very stressful. And I know that it's only gotten worse. You know, it's eight years since then. And I've kept up with teachers. There are a number of teachers that attend uh, my church. And I, I've, because I was a teacher, I, I try to keep up with teachers and just hear what's going. <laughs> and it's only gotten more difficult for them. A number of things that, that they deal with in the classroom. For one, they deal with um, classroom management that they, they don't really have any or, or very little ways of um, disciplining students that are effective. Students will be disciplined, but it doesn't really have much teeth in it. And and for that reason, they don't respond very well. Uh, secondly, I, I think the administration uh, doesn't support teachers the way they need to and the way they should. And so there's they're not getting support from the administration. Um, another issue for for uh, for teachers nowadays is that they're expected to do so much in a classroom. For example, you'll have a classroom with students that have multiple languages in that classroom, and you're expected to teach those students with languages that speak languages that you don't speak, and you're responsible to get across to them. Now, they have some experience with English, but oftentimes their language is not up to par, and because of that, it becomes more challenging to work with those students, and oftentimes teachers don't have real help in doing that. Uh, there's also special needs that we have special needs students that sometimes uh, the special needs teachers, we don't have enough of them to go around. And so these these other students are brought into the, the general population classroom and, and they have special needs and the general teacher in, in, in a classroom can't meet those needs. So teachers need support in all of those ways, as well as, you know, classroom management and, and discipline and, and all of those things. Um, and and parents uh, uh, parents need to support teachers. And in, in the past, my experience was that parents were in general more involved in the in the educational process. And um, more recently, I see parents being less involved. Now, hopefully, that's going to turn around. But um, yeah. parents, the more the more that parents are involved, the better off uh, students are doing in school. Yeah, and I want to dig in there a little bit because I find it so interesting to hear you point out how the teachers 
are expected to do classroom management um, and yet seem to have fewer tools available to them to do it, which I think is just a problem exacerbated by what I see is, you know, fairly common today for a lot, not all parents, of course, but some parents really seem to want to just delegate what used to be considered parenting duties to the school right. system. It seems like a lot of parents expect the school system to be the disciplinarian for their child, at least in the situations where the parents want, want them to do it, to train their kids how to behave, to deal with them when they misbehave, to feed their kids not only lunch, but often breakfast as well, to really do a lot more than just teaching, reading, writing, and arithmetic, but to actually be the ones who prepare kids for doing life. Um, mm -hmm. Have you seen that too? And, you know, is that part of what you're talking about has just made the situation so hard for teachers? Yes. And I think a lot of that is just where our culture has gone. I spoke to a teacher. Um, I, I try to, as I've been campaigning, trying to reach out to teachers and administrators as well to try and get an idea of their perspective. And I spoke to a teacher earlier in the summer who said to me, the mo I asked him, what, what do you see as the greatest need um, uh, for teachers and for students to be successful in the classroom? And he said, actually, he said, a good home environment. He said to me that the students that have the support at home, those students generally do very well in school. It's those students that don't have that support structure in the home that have all kinds of issues in the classroom. And those are the ones that become difficult and and really, they're very challenging and they, they sap energy from all kinds of resources in the school system. And so that, mm -hmm. that is definitely an issue. Yeah, there, there really is just no substitute or replacement for the involvement of parents in their kids' lives and including, of course, their, their education. So, Larry, tell us now, you're running for school board, Rockingham County School Board to be exact. What is the proper role of a school board? Well, uh, Rita, as I understand it, a school board's job is to um, develop policy um, and to uh, set the policy, set the vision for how the school is going to operate. And then it's the superintendent's job, along with the, the other administration, to carry that policy out, to implement it. But the school board's job is to um, provide that policy and make sure it's in place. Mm. And how? what are some of the things that you would like to see the school board doing or improvements that you think need to be made? Yeah, uh, well, there are a number of, of uh, points on my platform that I'm running on, and those those about, about six points that really uh, address those things. Uh, the, the first is safety. Um, I think that we need to really pursue having uh, one resource officer at least at least one in each school right now that that's not the case right now those resource officers are shared among a number of schools uh now i i 
I run my platform on safety and I say, you know, that's that's only one aspect of safety. That's physical safety. But, you know, students need to be uh, in an environment that's safe emotionally and spiritually as well. And so uh, mm-hmm. another issue that that really addresses that is this whole thing of um, parent uh, uh, involvement and transparency with parents. Uh, the school system should never be doing things with students that parents are not made aware of. Those parents have a God-given right and responsibility and his authority to know what's going on with their students. That's also uh, supported by the Constitution and Virginia law. And so um, the school should never uh, be doing uh, anything with students that the parents are not aware of. We want to be we want to improve that relationship and improve the transparency between school and parents. Uh, then uh, another issue are these ideologies that are in our schools. The, these, uh, for example, LGBTQ ideology, critical race ideology, these things um, have infiltrated our schools very subtly and they're affecting students and they have no place in the school. So I would be uh, in favor of uh, really getting back to the, the role of the teacher is to teach the curriculum that they're trained to teach and to prepare students with those skills so that they can be functioning uh, um, uh, in, in our society. They can have skills that, that, that they can move on in our society to use uh, to be good citizens. Um, uh, the, another issue uh, for me is what we're finding in our middle school libraries and elementary school libraries. There are um, illicit, sexually illicit and explicit materials that are that are coming into our libraries, and we're not vetting those things. We're not getting, we're not keeping them um, from from entering our libraries. And these things don't belong in our libraries. Students should not be exposed to these things. They should not have access to these things. And so we need to provide some kind of a structure where either uh, parents and teachers combined can come up with, or parents and librarians combined rather, can come up with ways of vetting those materials. I spoke with a librarian from Rockingham County who said they try to do that, but honestly, there's just so much material and they can't actually keep up with all of it. Um, And so they, they need support, they need help doing that. And we need to get rid of those materials. Um, and then finally, uh, I mentioned t- teacher support. Anything we can do to support teachers, there's all kinds of ways that we can help support teachers. I think one of them is to just uh, lower the, the ratio of students to teachers. Uh, that, that would improve uh, teachers' ability to connect with students and be able to manage their classrooms. But also those things like language, support, la- supporting language needs and supporting uh, um, uh, special needs that students have, those kind of support systems in the classroom can be tremendously helpful to teachers. Sure. Thanks. That was a that was a great description of some of the important issues that I think are probably common to um, all all school um, districts. And I think it's really interesting. Back when you were talking about safety. Um, you mentioned that it's not only f- the physical safety of the students, which we all are, you know, very concerned about, but also the emotional and spiritual safety of students. 
And, you know, you went on to talk about some of the philosophies and theories that are, you know, have somehow infiltrated our education system and <clears throat> really have no place there, but are being taught things like critical race theory and, um, you know, all the sexual orientation and identity stuff that's being, um, you know, taught to students. You talked about explicit materials in the library. That's all about the emotional and spiritual safety of the students, isn't it? Because what about the students who, you know, strongly disagree with those things and and just there's an imbalance of power when they're sitting in a classroom being taught something that has no place in the classroom to begin with and they strongly you know, disagree with it, that that can be a scary place for a student to be. Would you agree that the, those really are issues of whether our students are are safe and able to thrive in the classroom? Absolutely. Uh, example that I think of immediately is consider uh, a young lady who's uh, involved in a sport um, and is in a, a ladies' locker room, and there's a, a, a man who's transitioned, a young man who's transitioned, and they're changing in the same space. Now, can that can that young woman possibly feel safe? Or no. same with bathrooms, is that young woman going to feel safe in a bathroom where that's what's happening? Absolutely not. In fact, we know from Loudoun County that not only do they not feel safe, but they actually are not safe. So. Mm. Uh, Emo there's emotional safety, there's physical safety, these things are all intertwined. And, and these, like you mentioned, these ideologies that have um, crept into the school system uh, and are part of it now are, are just harmful in so many ways. You know, the whole thing with uh, the, the sexually explicit materials in libraries, those things only harm students spiritually. And, and kids that get caught up in those things are, are the way they view other people, uh, they view them as um, things rather than soul mm. people. And so um, th the, all of these all of these things are harmful in different ways and, and really uh, need to be addressed. Yeah. Larry, do you think most parents today are paying attention to their kids education and to what the school boards are doing? Uh, that's a great question. I think it has definitely improved tremendously since COVID. I, I know I've heard many times speaking with parents that when they found out when their kids were home because of COVID and they found out what was happening in the school system, they became very concerned. Now, to what degree that's true, I don't know, but but this is what I'm hearing as I as I go around and talk to parents. Yeah. And let me ask you this question, too. Do, we all tend to be focused on um, a lot of the negative things we see in the public education system. And, you know, I that's understandable because we're focused on on what needs our attention and the problems that we see that need to be fixed. But, Larry, are there good things about the public education system? Oh, absolutely. There are teachers who love students and want to um, really impact them in a positive way. And they will they will do anything and everything to help students be successful. And I have worked with many teachers like that. And that that is generally what's out there. 
Mm-hmm. But, there, but there are these other things that have crept in because of where our culture is and and because of the the radical nature of higher education that have crept into our school systems. And it just they just need to be addressed. But yes, the, the, the teachers uh, in general and, and even in, and administrators as well, there, there are plenty of great administrators who want to support and want to um, see students succeed. That oftentimes their hands are their hands are tied, or they don't have the resources that they need to be able to do that. Um, yeah. So yes, there there are plenty of good things about our public education. Yeah, I really agree with that. I know a lot of those public school teachers, public school administrators who have great hearts, like you said, they love students. That's why they're there. They're not there for the money. (laughs) They're there because they love students and they really care and they wanna make a difference. They wanna make an impact. And I think that's one of the reasons it's so important to have the right people on our school boards because the school boards need to do right by the teachers, the students, they need to, as you said, support those teachers and students with good policies that make it possible for the teachers to have that positive impact on students. Now, Larry, I want to go to a little bit of a different issue. Families are, my understanding is that families are increasingly choosing to opt out of the public school system through private schools or home schools. Is it important for those families to still stay engaged with what's happening in their local public schools? And if so, why? I think it's absolutely important uh, because this is our future. You know, our children is the future of our of our culture and our society. And so, yes, they have if they choose another um, uh, another path as far as their their own personal, their own children and their education. Um, as good citizens, uh, concerned about uh, where our culture is and where it's going and what the future is, we have to be involved in in uh, con- being concerned about what's happening in our public school system. Yeah, absolutely. Larry, I'm just going to let you sum up in a nutshell. Why are you running for school board? And do you think we need more Christians to run for school board and other government offices? Okay, thank you. Well, I'm running for school board because I'm concerned about students and I'm concerned about teachers and I want to support students and help them uh, through uh, whatever means we can as far as making policies and seeing to it that uh, we address these issues in our schools that are not that that are harmful and dangerous. and uh, what was the other part of your question? Uh, do you think we need more Christians to run for school board and other government offices? I absolutely think we need more Christians. Christians have a unique uh, perspective because they have a unique worldview. Christians view the world, the culture, and the society through the lens of Scripture. And we know that Scripture is true, it's God's Word. And so, uh, Christians have that perspective, which is to their advantage. That's not to say that non-Christians cannot contribute in very significant ways, and they do, but that's the grace of God. But mm-hmm. Christians that unique view that comes from God's word. And for that reason, Christians need to be involved for yeah. certain. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. And Larry, before I let you go, I just have one more 
question for you. It's a question I ask a lot of people um, because I, I really want to get this out there. What would you say to the people that we all, I know them, you know them, we all know them, they're just so disgusted and disgruntled with government at all levels, national government, state government, local government, that they just, you know, they, they complain a lot about it. They talk about how horrible it is, but they have just disengaged out of disgust. What would you say to those people? Um, well, I, I understand their perspective, and it's easy to uh, fall into that way of thinking. However, uh, God calls us to engage in our culture. He calls us to be salt and light. And so our role as his people is always to engage in any way that we can. And I would say to people who are disgusted and concerned about uh, the, the political landscape, um, get involved. You can get involved on a local level in some way. Uh, you can be supportive in some way uh, and, and be speaking into that, um, into local politics and local uh, issues. Uh, and, and that will make a difference. If you're mm. a voice in a local way, that will make a difference. And so that is a way that, that people can maybe take that negative uh, perspective and turn it around and make it positive. I couldn't have said it better myself. Larry, that's about all the time we have for today, but thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you, Rita. I appreciate, I really appreciate you having me on your program. Now, if you're listening today and you want to learn more about Larry Chico, visit chicoforschoolboard.org. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the program today. I also want to thank our generous sponsors at Blue Ridge Chimney Services, Blessings Christian Bookstore, Sunshine Ministries with Christian Radio, Wishing Well Florists and Travel Services, and our good friends at New Beginnings Church and Garber's Church of the Brethren in Harrisonburg. Thank you all for listening and for your encouragement and for your continued financial support. If you'd like to make a donation today to help keep Crossroads on the air, you can do so by check to Crossroads at P.O. Box 881, Harrisonburg, Virginia, 22803. You can also feel free to drop us a note. Let us know what you think of the program. Let us know if there are other topics you'd like for us to cover in a future episode. We love to hear from you. I'm Rita Peters, inviting you to join us again next week for another edition of Crossroads, where faith and culture meet. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads podcast. To learn more about Convention of States, go to conventionofstates.com.